the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. God gives Israel a new calendar. And this new calendar begins with the day of the redemption from their bondage. From now on, they will measure time from the day of their redemption. And so too with us. We measure time from the day of our redemption. From the day that God delivered us from the power of darkness. Have you given much thought to the significance of the periods of time in history that B.C. and A.D. designate? It's no secret that there has been a consistent effort to disprove the very existence of God and the accuracy of the Bible since the beginning. But these date codes are somehow accepted worldwide. Today, Pastor Dan makes a bold statement about how you should view time in both of these date ranges. Your very existence is significant because of these designations and is only possible in Christ. Now, here's Pastor Dan in the book of Exodus, chapter 11, for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Exodus chapter 11. Lord, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you, Lord, that your word is alive and it's powerful and it's sharper than a two-edged sword. And Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit would be our teacher and that you would open our eyes and our ears and our hearts to your word. I pray that your spirit would be upon me to teach your word. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, the theme of the book of Exodus is redemption. God's redemption of his people, Israel. The Exodus is the greatest miracle in the Old Testament, and the Exodus points to the redemption that we have in Jesus Christ, as we're going to talk about quite a bit. Remember, all of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation is about Jesus. It all testifies and speaks of and points to Jesus Christ. Now, so far in the book of Exodus, we have looked at nine of the ten plagues God sent upon Pharaoh and the Egyptian people for refusing to let the Israelites go. So Pharaoh has had nine opportunities to obey the Lord and let the Israelites go, and he has refused nine times. And because of the nine plagues, the nation of Egypt is in total ruins at this point. Egypt, remember, was the world's superpower, militarily and economically. But the nine plagues have devastated the nation economically. It will devastate them militarily as well. 
And the country at this point is in total chaos. And many scholars, as I've said before, they believe that all the plagues fell upon the nation of Egypt over the course of about a year. So in one year, the country has gone from being the wealthiest, most powerful, most respected nation in the world to complete economic ruin. The state of the nation has changed very quickly for Egypt. We come to the 10th plague, the final plague, the death of the firstborn in Egypt. Now, if you look back at the end of chapter 10, the last couple verses there, Pharaoh threatened Moses saying, you will see my face no more. And the day that you see my face, you shall die. To which Moses replied, you have spoken well. I will never see your face again. And there was no chapter break in the original writing of the book of Exodus. Chapter 11 is a continuation of the same scene. Moses was still in the presence of Pharaoh. Chapter 11, verse 1 says, And the Lord said to Moses, I will bring one more plague on Pharaoh and on Egypt. Afterward, he will let you go from here. When he lets you go, he will surely drive you out of here Altogether. So Pharaoh will not only let the Israelites go, he will drive them out of the land of Egypt after this tenth plague. Speak now in the hearing of the people, and let every man ask from his neighbor and every woman from her neighbor articles of silver, silver and articles of gold. Now, if you have an old King James Bible there, it says, let every man borrow from his neighbor. And that trips people up seeing that word borrow in the old King James. And people think, well, why are they borrowing the gold and the silver? They don't plan on returning the gold and the silver. Is God telling the Israelites to be deceptive here and deceive the Egyptians or to lie to the Egyptians Well, the Hebrew word, it means to ask or to beg or even to request. Uh, So it doesn't mean borrow in the sense that we would use it today. Verse 3 says, And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. Moreover, the man Moses was very great in the land of Egypt, in the sight of Pharaoh's servants and in the sight of of the people. The Egyptian people saw Moses as great. They esteemed Moses. Even Pharaoh's own servants, it says, esteemed Moses. Now, most of the Egyptians were unbelievers, but they could see that God was with Moses. Even though they didn't know the Lord, they didn't know Yahweh, they could see that Moses had an authority. He had a power that was not from him, that was leading him. You know, in the book of Acts, in the New Testament, Acts chapter 5, as the Holy Spirit was working in the early church, it says in Acts chapter 5, and fear came upon everyone who heard what God was doing in the church meaning people outside the church, unbelievers, when they heard what God was doing, fear came upon them. In Acts chapter 5, verse 13, it says, And none of them dare join them, but they esteemed them highly. 
the, the people, the unbelievers that were hearing what the Holy Spirit was doing through the believers in the early church, they were fearful. They had a reverence. None of them dared join the church, but they esteemed them highly. They knew that God was with them. Moses was esteemed highly by all of the Egyptian people. Verse 4 says, Then Moses said, and now he's speaking to Pharaoh here, Then Moses said, Thus says the Lord, or thus says Yahweh, About midnight, notice, I will go out into the midst of Egypt, and all the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die, from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sits on his throne, even to the firstborn of the female servant who is behind the hand mill, and all the firstborn of the animals. Now, note here in verse 4 that the Lord says, I will go out into the midst of Egypt. You know, with the previous plagues, the, the Lord sent judgments upon Egypt. You know, he turned the Nile to blood. He he sent a plague of frogs. He sent a plague of, of lice and a plague of flies and so on. But with this last plague, the Lord himself, Yahweh himself, and it's emphatic in the Hebrew, the Lord himself will go through the land of Egypt and he will strike the firstborn himself. From the firstborn of Pharaoh all the way down to the firstborn of the servants. No one will be exempt from God's judgment. Even the firstborn of the animals, it says, will be killed. Now, why the firstborn? Well, turn with me back to chapter 4, verse 22. This is when God calls Moses to return back to Egypt to speak to Pharaoh, to ask that he would let the children of Israel go. And remember, initially the request was just let them go out into the desert for three days to worship Yahweh, their God, and then they would come back. And Pharaoh refused to do that. And here in chapter 4, verse 22, the Lord speaking to Moses says, Then you shall say to Pharaoh, thus says the Lord, Israel is my son, my firstborn. And so I say to you, let my son go that he may serve me. But if you refuse to let him go, indeed, I will kill your son, your firstborn. And so here the Lord told Pharaoh, warned Pharaoh, and explained that Israel is my firstborn son. If you don't allow Israel to go, well, then I will take your firstborn son. Now turn with me back to chapter 11. When this final judgment, this 10th plague comes upon the land of Egypt, verse 6 says, Then there shall be a great cry throughout all the land of Egypt, such as was not like it before, nor shall be like it again. What a statement this is. This judgment will be unique in Egypt's history. It will be the darkest night in Egypt's history when all of the firstborn are killed in a single night. We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in just a moment. First, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the new Calvary Chapel Ellicott City app. We recently launched an app for our church and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. 
And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now, search for Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in your app store, or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com. What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth. Now, just by a show of hands, how many of you here are the firstborn in your family or the oldest in your family? Just hold up your hands and keep them up. And look around the room. I mean, it gives you a sense of how much this impacted the whole nation, that in the same night, all the firstborn in Egypt were killed. And in ancient cultures like the Egyptian culture, sons were a measure of a person's strength. A person who had many sons was considered very strong and very blessed. And the firstborn son was considered the beginning of a person's strength. Jacob refers to his firstborn son, Reuben, as the beginning of my strength. The firstborn son in that culture was given a double portion of the inheritance, twice as much as any of the other siblings. The firstborn son would become the patriarch of the family, the leader of the family. For Pharaoh, his firstborn son was in line to become the next king of Egypt. Pharaoh's firstborn son was the prince of Egypt. And so this is really just an unimaginable tragedy for the entire nation. Every family was impacted by this 10th plague. And that's why the Lord says in verse 6, there shall be a great cry throughout all the land of Egypt. You hear a crying now in the distance, don't you? (laughs) Right on cue. Such as was not like it before, nor shall be like it again. Verse 7, but against none of the children of Israel shall a dog move its tongue. Against man or beast that you may know that the Lord does make a difference between the Egyptians and Israel. Now, how many of you here own a dog or have owned a dog in the past? Right? A dog will wake up if there's any unusual sound outside, right? They'll pick their head up and what was that kind of thing. Or even begin barking if it hears something outside. When my wife and I were first married, we had this dog it would bark any time anybody walked by our house, which was all the time. And it would just, we had the glass door, the front door, and it would just stand at the door and bark. That's what dogs do. They're always alert. They bark at things. Well, while judgment fell on the Egyptians, it was a silent night in the land of Goshen where the Israelites dwelt. All was calm. All was bright. Not even a dog barked that night. I could keep going, but I won't. (laughs) The Lord made a distinction between the Egyptians and the Israelites so that they would clearly know that this is Yahweh. This is the God of the Hebrews doing this. Verse 8 says, this is Moses speaking to Pharaoh. All these your servants shall come down to me and bow down to me, saying, Get out, and all the people who follow you. And after that, I will go out. And then Moses went out from Pharaoh in great anger. Here Moses says to Pharaoh, the entire nation of Egypt, all of your people 
will come and bow down to me and demand that we get out of your country. And when Moses finished saying this, he went out from the presence of Pharaoh, it says, in great anger. You know what it's like. You know what it's like to be frustrated or angry with someone who is very stubborn and very hard-hearted. Some of you will go to Christmas dinner with family members, and you might try to witness to some family members who don't know the Lord and talk to them about Jesus, and they'll rebuff you and say things to you that frustrate you, and you might leave angry as you're leaving that dinner, just like Moses here. Pray that the Holy Spirit gives you self-control. All I want for Christmas, self-control when I'm around my family at dinner, right? So Moses went out from the presence of Pharaoh in great anger. He's frustrated with Pharaoh. Verse 9 says, But the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh will not heed you so that my wonders may be multiplied in the land of Egypt. So Moses and Aaron did all these wonders before Pharaoh, and the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he did not let the children of Israel go out of his land. Chapter 12. Now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, Notice this, this month shall be your beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. God gives Israel a new calendar. And this new calendar begins with the day of the redemption from their bondage. From now on, they will measure time from the day of their redemption. And so too with us. We measure time from the day of our redemption. From the day that God delivered us from the power of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of his son, Jesus Christ. From the day that he delivered us from our sin and blotted out all of the sins and wrongs that we have done. From the day that we were born again. We measure time. For us, there is our life without Christ and our life in Christ. And we mark time from that point. Even human history is divided by Jesus Christ. Into B.C. and A.D., before Christ and in the year of our Lord. We measure time from the advent of Jesus Christ. Jesus split time. He split history. Everything is measured as either before his incarnation or since his incarnation. And for the Israelites... You're going to start marking time from this point, from the time of your redemption. You're going to get a new calendar. You're going to view your days differently now. Everything begins now with the day of your redemption and going forward. This month shall be your beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Verse 3, speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, Notice, on the tenth of this month, every man shall take for himself a lamb, according to the house of his father, a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next to his house take it according to the number of the persons 
according to each man's need, you shall make your count for the lamb. Each household was to select a lamb on the 10th of the month. This is the month of Abib or Nisan is what it's called later on. If your household was small, you could share the lamb with your next door neighbor. In verse five, look what it says. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. And so the lamb was to be without blemish, without any kind of injury, a spot. When the Bible talks about a lamb without spot, a spot was a genetic defect while a blemish was an external injury. In other words, the lamb had to be perfect and healthy, without spot or without blemish, a male of the first year. That means it has to be in the prime of its life, in the prime of its strength. So they were not allowed to offer a lamb that had a defect of some kind or an injury of some kind. They were not allowed to offer a lamb that was just old, and of no value, and it was about to die anyway. And this lamb points to Jesus Christ. This lamb points to Jesus Christ. Paul says Christ is our Passover. Jesus is described as the lamb of God. The lamb God selected to take away the sins of the world. And Jesus was without spot. He was without blemish. There was no defect in him, no flaw in his life, no flaw in his teachings and his doctrine, no blemishes in his character. He was perfect in every way. He was altogether lovely. In first Peter chapter one, verse 19 It says, we were redeemed from sin and death with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. We've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ, and he's like a lamb without blemish and without spot. There's no defect in him. And Jesus was in the prime of his life when he was crucified, in the prime of his strength. As Jesus said, his life was not taken from him. He laid his life down willingly for us. And the Israelites were instructed to select the lamb on the 10th day of the month. That's important. Verse 6 says, now you shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month. Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it at twilight. And so they selected the lamb on the 10th of the month. And they kept it until the 14th of the month. And during that time, they could examine the lamb for any spot or any blemish or any defect to ensure it was a perfect sacrifice. Now, if you're taking notes, Jesus entered Jerusalem on the 10th of the month. On Palm Sunday, the week of Passover, and he was examined, he was questioned by the religious leaders for the several days leading up to his crucifixion on Passover. And the religious leaders questioned him to try to find a flaw, to try to find a blemish in his doctrine and to trap him in his words, but they found no flaw in him. 
His doctrine, his teachings were spotless. Even Pontius Pilate declared of Jesus, I find no fault in this man. He asked me how I know, and I say, Bring truer than the finest crystal. Thank you for spending a part of your day with us here at Ring of Truth. You've just heard a message from Pastor Dan Sexton in the book of Exodus. There's a lot we can learn from this and other books in the Bible. In fact, if you visit our website, calvaryec.com, you'll find a treasure trove of other messages all neatly organized in a simple, straightforward manner. We encourage you to camp out here for a while and soak your spirit in the truth of God's Word. Is there anything you would like us to pray for? We'd love to intercede in prayer on your behalf. Please locate the prayer tab at the top of our homepage, calvaryec.com, and send in your prayer request through the form you find there. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, too. We're also just a phone call away if you're not in Maryland. Call us at 410-491-4592. We'd love to hear what's going on in your life. Again, that's 410-491-4592. Would you consider supporting this ministry financially? If so, please visit calvaryec.com to learn how. We hope that today's teaching has been encouraging to your faith. Come back again next time for more in the book of Exodus. Until next time, we hope you have a blessed day and are reminded of the things learned today. This has been Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.